0: Sports Crunch is brought to you by Top Choice Athletics, the number one in customized sports equipment and apparel. In honor of Breast Cancer Awareness Month, Top Choice Athletics is proud to release their 2018 Breast Cancer Awareness Bottle. Support the fight. All profits from the spotter will be donated to the American Cancer Society. Top Choice Athletics is dedicated to supporting the fight against breast cancer and encourages everyone to join in the cause. Also, for this month only, get free shipping when you purchase any item from the website using the promo code Together We CAN. For more information, visit www.topchoiceathletics.com or email sales at topchoiceathletics.com. Make sure to follow Top Choice Athletics on Facebook and Instagram for updates on their spotlight athletes, discounts, sales, and new products releases at Real TC Athletics on Twitter and at Top Choice Athletics on Facebook and Instagram. Now back to the show. Welcome back to Sports Crunch with D. Crom, ladies and gentlemen. I'm your host, David Cromwell. Well, week five in the NFL brought us some more dramatic action. With two more overtime finishes in Cleveland and Houston, an amazing last second finish in Carolina, plus another gutsy play call in crunch time by none other than Sean McVay, the NFL delivered once again in week five as it has done every single week this 2018 season. And now week six arguably brings the most exciting matchup of the season to date as a rising star quarterback battles the greatest quarterback of all time in prime time. And what better guest is there to preview that game plus the rest of the NFL's week six slate than my buddy and right hand man, Hal Bent of fullpresscoverage.com. What's up, Hal? How you doing?
1: I'm doing great David it's you know celebration time in Boston the Patriots have won two in a row and the Red Sox beat the Yankees it doesn't get any better than this
0: oh I imagine so Uh, another championship year at Boston plus you got the Celtics beginning next week and they're my favorite at least and probably everybody's favorite to represent the Eastern Conference in the finals against the Warriors and I'm hopeful that they are able to take it to a six or seven game series
1: yeah, that, they look exciting this year, and it's just, you know, like I tell my kids every year that they're teenagers, I said, you don't understand the pain that I went through as a kid with New England sports, but you guys are so spoiled, so uh, we'll see if the Patriots can get it together this year, that's going to be quite a challenge. It
0: is, and it starts with a big one this Sunday against Kansas City, and we'll get to that in a bit. But first, let's talk about some of our Week 5 takeaways. My Week 5 takeaways, I alluded to that uh, gutsy play call on fourth and inches by Sean McVay to seal the win at Seattle. But Jason Garrett, you didn't get the message. You didn't get the trend. The NFL's a change league. You play to win. You don't play not to lose. With 4th and 1 in overtime, with the league's most expensive offensive line, and one of the top three running backs in the game, Ezekiel Elliott, you punt on 4th and 1 at the Texans' 42-yard line? How gutless of a decision, Jason Garrett. Jason Garrett, you should have gone for it. You... You played timid. You played weak. You played scared. You deserve to lose that game. And if this persists, you deserve to lose your job at the end of this season. And Drew Brees and Tom Brady. Tom Brady joining the 500 club with his 500 career touchdown pass, which was a beautiful dart in tight coverage to Josh Gordon. And Drew Brees setting the all-time passing yards record with a beautiful pass to Trequan Smith. He just Read that coverage perfectly and knew he had a play before he threw the ball, even pre-snap, dare I say. Both Drew Brees and Tom Brady, along with Peyton Manning, are the architects of this 21st century NFL quarterback uh, prototype, which is dependent on getting rid of the ball fast and in precise and anticipatory ways, the quick strike, precision-based passing game pioneered by Manning, Breeze, and Brady, and thus it was fitting to see Breeze and Brady make history this week in such appropriate fashion. What about you, Hal? Hal?
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, I've got to touch on Drew Brees. Just, you know, what an amazing person he's been, the way that he's revitalized the city of New Orleans after Katrina, his putting the roots down, becoming a part of that community. You just cannot oversell how important that was to that entire region. And congratulations to, you know, not just a great football player, but a great human being as well. So I just have to drop that on Drew Brees. And I couldn't agree with you more, David. Manning, Brees, Brady, I've been saying it for the last decade. I don't care how you rank them, one through three. They have revitalized, you know, this era of the NFL is going to go down uh, and be recognized for those three quarterbacks. It's just And it's just such a historic week having all of them. But um, getting back to maybe another quarterback from this era that's just on the outside is Ben Roethlisberger and those Pittsburgh uh, Steelers finally look like they had balanced back on offense. Now, maybe it was just from playing the depleted Falcons, but I saw a Steelers team that looks ready to turn the corner with or without Le'Veon Bell and what would the Minnesota Vikings be doing if they didn't have Kirk Cousins right now? He has been carrying that team. He's been, if other than Pat Mahomes, one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL this year, just not getting that attention because the team's been hovering at 500. But if I'm Denver and I've got Case Keenum with seven interceptions and I could have made a run at Kirk Cousins and didn't, Vance Joseph is 7-13, and 13, and he is on the hut seat right now in Denver. Um, so those are my key takeaways right now from last week.
0: Uh, for the record, Kirk Cousins did not want to go to the Broncos. The Broncos knew he was going to the Vikings since early February. They sent Von Miller and Demarius Thomas to talk to him at the Super Bowl, and they knew he was going to the Vikings after they talked to him at the Super Bowl in February. So the Broncos really didn't have a chance at Kirk Cousins just to... Um, add a little context there, and I agree, Kirk Cousins has been one of the best quarterbacks this year. He has completed some of the most amazing throws you'll ever see this year with pressure in his face. He just drops it right in the bucket to either Stephon Diggs or Adam Thielen or whatever target he can find under such duress. It's been amazing to watch, and it's going to be amazing to watch the rest of the way. And amen on Drew Brees as well, Hal. I was talking to a friend when we were watching that game together between the Saints and the Redskins, and I said that Drew Brees is arguably one of the three biggest cultural icons in the history of the city of New Orleans. Louis Armstrong, he transcended music. Emeril Lagasse, he transcends uh, culinary arts. And Drew Brees transcends football. Those three guys are the three biggest cultural icons in the history of the great city of New Orleans, in my opinion. So I completely agree. His impact on the city cannot be ignored. It is up there with Louis Armstrong and the great Emeril Lagasse.
1: Couldn't agree more on that point, David. What a trio for New Orleans there. And and Drew Brees fits right in on that Mount Rushmore for that city. So um, definitely agree with that. And, you know, what a great historic week it was. And, and now I can't wait for the next week here because we got some great games going on this week as well.
0: Oh, we most certainly do, and we'll get to them in a bit. But first, let's play a game called Truth or Exaggeration. And in this game, I say something, and you judge whether it's the truth or whether I'm exaggerating. Starting with the NFC East. The NFC East is the worst division in the NFL right now. Truth or exaggeration?
1: Record-wise, it's the truth. You know, I think the AFC East, other than the Patriots, is a pretty bad division, and I think by the end of this season, we're going to see Philadelphia and New England back on their perches in the East in each conference, and everybody else fighting to get to 500. So a little bit of truth there, but I'm going to go with the exaggeration.
0: Oh, very good point. And another bad division is the NFC West. And you could see a similar effect as you see in the AFC East as the season goes on. And you mentioned the Steelers probably turning a corner. The Saints defense has turned a corner and will play more like the unit they were last season the rest of the way. Truth or exaggeration?
1: I'm gonna say that's the truth. I think New Orleans had to f- had to reset themselves. You know they had a horrible end to last season. There was obviously some carryover from the Minnesota Miracle as much as you want to say training camp that goes away. It doesn't go away overnight. They had to work through that. I think their defense came out this year. They were playing a little too aggressive for the players that they have. They weren't playing to the style of the players in front of them. And now that you're starting to see them last week, you know, being able to drop into more zone defenses, be able to unleash a little bit more pass rush at the quarterbacks there. And you're seeing that defense starting to turn the corner there. So uh, I think definitely it's a truth. They have turned the corner on defense and they're going to be a lot better the rest of the way.
0: And a big reason why I agree with you there, Hal, about the Saints defense turning a corner is the play of their rookie, Marcus Davenport. As I'm sure you know, they traded up to take Marcus Davenport, surrendering their 2019 first-rounder to get him. Marcus Davenport was amazing on Monday night against the Redskins as well. He was, of course, overshadowed by Drew Brees, but he was arguably the standout on that defense on Monday night. And if he continues to make one or two uh Plays a ge- impact plays a game, they're going to get their m- money's worth for him.
1: Oh, definitely, David. That's a great point, point. You know, I mean, Davenport looked like the player advertised coming out of college. And, you know, I think sometimes where we're so into instant analysis every week, we, we don't factor in that some of these rookies are going to develop at a different speed. And some of them are going to take a few games to get up to speed. Davenport's just one of them. They don't all come out firing, you know. They can't all be Derwin oh. James here and, and just blowing people away in training camp. Sometimes they have to adjust to the speed of the game and the style of the game in the NFL. And it looks like Davenport is starting to make that adjustment.
0: Indeed, and moving right along, truth or exaggeration? Mike Tomlin and Mike McCarthy should get fired. If their respective teams, the Steelers and Packers, to be exact, do not make the playoffs this season,
1: Ooh, I, I, I'm going to say that's a little bit of an exaggeration. You know, um, for the Steelers, you you know the Rooney family loves that continuity. I, you know, there's no way that the, the Steelers, you know, are, are letting Tomlin go at this point right now. But has he lost control of that locker room somewhat? I think that's a bit of a case that can be made there. You know, is he the greatest X's and O coaches during the game? Probably not. And, you know, could they upgrade? Possibly. Are they going to? I don't think so. And Green Bay, same situation. Mike McCarthy, they're going to have to finish in the cellar three straight years before they make a move there as well. So a little bit of truth to that, but more exaggeration than truth.
0: And last but not least, the Eagles' defense has been struggling as of late, and the point is, if Fletcher Cox is neutralized, the Eagles' defense cannot stop anybody.
1: Yeah, there's a little bit of truth to that. I mean, Fletcher Cox is a big part of that defense, and, you know— Edge rushers are always going to get the most attention because they have the it, it's the glamour sack that comes around the corner. You know the the strip sack, the Vaughn Miller, the Khalil Mack. That's what gets people up out of their chairs. the The big guy bursting through the double team right up the middle, carrying two three hundred pound offensive linemen on his shoulders and dragging the quarterback down doesn't quite bring that same excitement level. But with Philadelphia. With the secondary play not being up to the level it was last year, with some question marks at the linebacker position in 2018, there's a lot of pressure on that front four to make plays, and if Fletcher Cox isn't collapsing that pocket in the middle, that takes away a lot of pressure from the edge rushers. So I'm going to go with the truth on that one, David.
0: Mm -mm -mm. And now let's talk about the game of the week and arguably the game of the season to date on Sunday Night Football as your New England Patriots host Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs at Gillette Stadium this Sunday night. And earlier today on a conference call with the New England area media, Rodney Harrison, a former Patriot who is obviously one of the studio guys for Sunday Night Football, uh, he said that he doesn't believe in either the Chiefs or Patriots defense. Do you believe in any of these defenses in this game?
1: I don't think either one has given any point, uh, any reason for any real optimism this season so far. Um, you know, Kansas City, Chris Jones has been solid up front, but, you know, D Ford hasn't been great. Justin Houston's been banged up. The secondary, um, you know, they're, orlando skandrick steve nelson kendall fuller those aren't exactly shut down cornerbacks in the nfl so uh i'm i'm not believing in the chiefs defense quite yet after one good game last week and i basically can say the same thing for the patriots as well um you know they had a great game against the dolphins but um the Dolphins uh, were probably the worst 3-0 and team in NFL history, it looks like, at this point, with the way they laid an egg last week and against the Patriots the week before. So the Patriots, they still have a lot of questions with team speed and getting pressure on the quarterback and against a team like kansas city with so many different weapons and such amazing speed on offense that is a huge red flag heading into that game so i'm gonna have to agree with rodney i'm i'm not sold on either one of these defenses right now
0: and that probably speaks volume that the over and under for this game is 58 and a half and only one such game has closed with such an over under since 2003 would you bet the over or under in this game and why
1: Well, I'm going to go with the over because you've got the best young quarterback in the NFL this season in Pat Mahomes, who hasn't been stopped, let alone slowed down yet. And the ageless wonder, Tom Brady, who's put up 38 points in back-to-back weeks, um, you know, he's got some weapons back. He's got uh, Josh Gordon. He's got uh, Edelman back as well, and that's making Rob Gronkowski get less coverage. So this is two scary offenses going up against two suspect defenses. I'm definitely going with the over.
0: Oh, I'm taking the over as well, easily. And speaking of offenses, as I'm sure you remember, last year, both in the season opener and in the Super Bowl, this Andy Reid, Doug Peterson offense gave the Patriots defense absolute fits last year. Do you think they're better equipped to stop it this time around?
1: I think they're better prepared for it. I think you give Bill Belichick an off-season to prepare. Um, he's one of the best coaches in the country, and you know he doesn't sit around in the off-season and take very many vacations. You're always seeing stories coming out that he's off on different college campuses and picking the minds of college defensive coordinators on how they defend some of these concepts that are moving from the college game to the pro game. So I think he's going to have a better idea of it. I think what's going to help New England the most against Kansas City is they're going to have to play a little bit more zone defense, which is going to be detrimental against Hunt and going up against Kelsey. But to protect themselves from those big plays and to really put the pressure on Mahomes and say, OK, our quarterback can take a 10-play drive eat up eight minutes o'clock and go down the field, we're going to make you do the exact same thing. And I think that's what we're going to see on Sunday night is we're going to see a lot of long drives in this game. And it's going to come down to which team really you know, isn't fundamentally sound and makes that one or two big mistakes that are going to turn this game.
0: Oh, very, very good point there, Hal. And when you focus on the Patriots on offense, uh, should we expect to see Josh Gordon's heaviest workload as a Patriot to date this Sunday?
1: I think so. I I think they're very excited about what he is Brought to this offense, and what he, what effect he has on this offense, and and I went back and watched just the plays with Josh Gordon on the field, and the amount of defensive attention that swung to his side of the field, um, there were three third downs where Gordon simply cleared out the entire side of the field there was a cornerback a safety and a linebacker sprinting in his general direction that left the underneath wide open for James White for three third down conversions and over 10 yard gains on those plays Um, just the effect that he has they have to get him on the field as much as possible. And this mini buy with the Thursday night game has is probably been a boon for them in getting him caught up on the offensive game plan.
0: Oh, you could say that with absolute certainty. The uh, mini-bye gives the Patriots an additional advantage in this game indeed. And going back to the Chiefs for a moment, as bad as their defense has been, they currently lead the league in a very important defensive category, third down defensive efficiency. Is that a mirage, or do they do some things right in that situation?
1: No, it's it's not a mirage. I mean, they do have you know they do have Justin Houston. They do have D Ford, who can pin their ears back. And come after the quarterback, and that always is going to help them in a you know a third and long situation, a third down where they know the opponents passing the football there. They've got, like I said, their their cornerbacks aren't exactly shutdown cornerbacks, but they can cover. And if the pass rush is aligned with that coverage, and they know, hey, we're going to make this quarterback get rid of the ball in three seconds or less, and that's all you have to cover. They're pretty good at blanketing that coverage in those situations. So um, I I think a lot of that is where they're getting that effectiveness on third down um, just because that outside pressure. And, And again, I can't discount Chris Jones and the great year that he has had on the interior for the Chiefs. He's really taken a big step forward here in his third year in the NFL.
0: Oh, I completely agree there. And who would you say is the most important player in this game for each team, not named Patrick Mahomes or Tom Brady?
1: For the Patriots, it, it's got to be Sony Michel. He has to continue that upward trajectory of the past two games. They're going to have to play an offensive system that's going to keep their defense off the field. They have any chance of stopping the chiefs. They can't have a gas defense out there chasing around those players. So they're going to have to run the ball. They're going to have to convert third and shorts, second and shorts, and that's going to put a ton of pressure on Sony Michelle. And for the chiefs, Going to that other side of the football, Orlando Skandrick is going to have to try to neutralize Julian Edelman in the slot at the slot cornerback position there. Because if Edelman, who was shaking off some rust last week and was a little as good as he had seemed to play, and they fed him the ball early, you know, he did disappear for a big part of that game. If if as Edelman goes, that Patriots offense goes. And if Skandrick can make a couple of just a couple of plays on third down, covering Edelman there, breaking up a pass that forcing a punt that is going to give the chiefs that extra possession and a huge advantage in that game.
0: I would say the most important player for the Patriots is Dante Hightower because he is the defensive captain. It's his responsibility to make sure that the defense gets lined up properly. And with all the exotic pre-snap motions that go on in this, uh, Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes scheme, uh, the Patriots are going to have to be on their heels at all times. So Dante Hightower is going to have to keep his eyes for a lot of tendencies pre-snap because uh, if he misses one, that could be the difference between uh, letting up a big play and uh, keeping the Chiefs in front of you all game long. So Dante Hightower, the most important player for the Patriots. And for the Chiefs, I'm going to go with the guy you were talking about, Chris Jones. Uh, Interior pressure is the pressure that harms tom braid the most they're going to need chris jones to go absolutely ape if they want to come out with a victory this sunday night and who do you think comes out on top in what i expect to be a high scoring shootout
1: yeah i i've got it as a high scoring game i've got it going back and forth all game long um i just i just don't you know if i just look at it and i say you know if jacksonville couldn't stop pat mahomes in kansas city how does anybody else have a chance right now? I think the only people who can stop Kansas City right now are themselves and injuries. So I'm picking the Chiefs here in a high scoring, covering the over, 38-34 to 34 over the Patriots.
0: Ooh, interesting there, Hal. Maybe that's reverse psychology. they don't listen to me no (laughs) all right well i'm taking the patriots in this game because that mini buy as you alluded to should help them tremendously this game bill belichick was probably picking the brains of nick saban and other college coaches uh during the off season uh in order to better equip his defense to defend these new exotic schemes that the chiefs present it's going to be a very very close game don't get me wrong but I believe the Patriots are going to be more prepared against this offense than they were last year during the opener or the Super Bowl. And they come out on top with a narrow 35-31 to 31 victory. And now let's move on to the Set My Lineup portion of our program. And for your fantasy team, if you want your fantasy team featured on our Set My Lineup portion of this program, please tweet me your team and the scoring format at Sports Crunch. Tweet it to me at Sports Crunch and... We hope to have your team on the show and give you the help you need to dominate your league that particular week. And today's honoree is B.J. Strictly. And B.J. has a non-PPR team and a quarterback. He has a choice between Cam Newton or Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz has had two quietly good games. He's thrown over 340-some yards and two touchdowns. And I think he was the first quarterback in NFL history to post those stats for two straight weeks and lose the two straight weeks. But I still think that Cam Newton has had the hotter hand so far this year. And Cam Newton goes up against that dreadful Washington secondary that Drew Brees absolutely tore apart. Not saying Cam Newton is Drew Brees. He'll never be Drew Brees. But I think the way Cam Newton is playing, I don't think you can afford to bench him now. What do you think?
1: Yeah, I mean, and, and Wentz on a short week as well. You know, he's only had two weeks back. It's not a lot of real practice this week, getting ready for the Giants playing on Thursday night. You know, he's probably not going to be as sharp as he's expecting himself to be. And and I really like what I've seen out of Newton. He's gotten, you know, he's gotten back to getting some yards. With his legs when that opportunity presents itself. He's been very good at finding his targets downfield. And that Washington defense just, oh, after the way they just got ripped apart by the Saints. And now they're on a short week as well playing Carolina. I think I have to agree with you there, David, and go with Newton.
0: And his running back scenario is pretty complicated. You got Jordan Howard, Chris Carson. Philip Lindsay, and Latavius Murray. Which two running backs do you insert in the two running back slots?
1: Ooh, that is interesting there. You know, Howard didn't really have a big role at, uh, the two weeks ago for Chicago, so... I think they're going to work to get him the ball a little bit more this week. I don't blame them for going with Tariq Cohen more in Chicago, but I think Howard is is still a, a running back uh, one in the uh, fantasy football right now. Carson, Lindsay, and and Murray, oh boy, that is a real toss up there. You've got you know running backs who are who are starting to get overshadowed by uh, you know at least in Seattle and Denver. Uh, a little bit there with the split backs. That's a that's a coin toss right there. I, I'd have a hard time choosing on that. Mm. uh going against the Rams, everybody's run against the Rams is the only reason I might lean towards Lindsay on this group.
0: Oh I agree. Jordan Howard and Philip Lindsey would be my two choices, albeit this is a very difficult decision. So BJ, we're here to help. Our recommendation is Jordan Howard and Philip Lindsay, but trust your gut Uh, when it comes to filling out those two running back slots. And wide receivers, pretty self-explanatory. Julian Edelman, John Brown, Julio Jones, and Odell Beckham. This is easy. Self-explanatory.
1: slam dunk on that one yeah (laughs) don't even have to think about it
0: indeed so the two wide receivers are set in Julio and Odell Beckham and at tight end uh Jared Cook he has but he also put in a waiver for David Njoku he hasn't gotten back to me as to whether that waiver successfully processed but let's assume he did get Njoku and if you had to decide between Jared Cook or David Njoku this week Jared Cook going against the Seahawks David Njoku against the Chargers who would you choose
1: I think I'd go with the Joku in that situation. You know, Seattle still has that you know solid linebacker play. I I think they're better equipped to handle an offense that's basically running through Jared Cook and not much else there in Oakland. So I I think all eyes are on Cook this week in Seattle. So if you've got, um, yeah. I, I definitely would say go with Njoku in that situation.
0: Interesting. And if you have Njoku there, um, we recommend that you start him, BJ. And what about the flex? Uh, we recommended Cam Newton as his quarterback, uh, Jordan Hard and Philip Lindsay as his running backs, and Beckham and Julio at wide receivers, and Njoku at tight end. Um, I would not put Carson or Murray at flex. Uh, the Vikings cannot run the ball still, and Chris Carson is in a timeshare with Mike Davis and Rashad Penny there all oh, that Rashad Penny first round selection by the Seahawks is is looked like a major major mistake so far and uh wide receivers uh, Julian Edelman or John Brown I think you go with Julian Edelman in the flex because that's going to be a high scoring game and Brady's going to be looking toward Edelman early and often because as much of a playmaker as Edelman is, Edelman is more of that security blanket. The two biggest playmakers on the Patriots' offense, I'd say, are Gronk and Gordon. So Edelman, I think, is going to get a lot more single coverage opportunities.
1: Yeah, I, I have to agree with you there. You know, I mean, Brown is, you know, if he gets his big shot during the game and and pulls in that eighty-yard touchdown, but you just can't depend on that out of him every week. That's a, you know, once every three games shot there with him and even though it's non-PPR I, I usually lean away from Edelman in a non-PPR league I think you're absolutely right David that that coverage rolling to Gronk and to Gordon and trying to pay attention to those running backs as well I think that's going to open up a big game for Julian Edelman to to get a lot of yards and and maybe even sneak in a touchdown or two
0: so BJ to recap we recommend you start Cam Newton quarterback Phillip Lindsay and Jordan Howard at running back Odell Beckham and Julio Jones at wide receiver. Dave Njoku, if you successfully got him off waivers at tight end. If not, go with Cook. And at flex, Julian Edelman. And now moving on to our rapid-fire predictions, in which we predict the rest of these Week 6 matchups, starting with Thursday night's matchup between the Eagles and the Giants. The, The Eagles have been struggling a lot, and the Giants dropped a heartbreaking loss to Graham Gano and the Carolina Panthers. That 63-yard field goal will forever live in Panthers lore, um, regardless of how this season turns out for the Panthers. I think this game is going to be very close. The NFC East is wide open, but I think the Eagles get back on track. I'll be in a very, very close one,
1: 24-23. Yeah, I'm going with the Eagles. I don't think it's going to end up being that close at the end. You know, the the Giants they had that heartbreaking loss Um, you know the losses are piling up again just like they did last year when they got into that downward spiral and it seems like it's happening again and that that tends to happen with these Giants teams once they start going down they start staying down so I've got the Eagles winning it pretty handily 30 to 16.
0: Oh and uh, if I was a Giants fan I welcome that because the Giants their motto for the rest of the year should be going haywire for Herbert.
1: Oh, definitely. Make up for that mistake of not picking Darnold this year and get right back to the top of the draft. Definitely.
0: And as of today, albeit we still got 12 weeks to go, and that's an eternity in the NFL, but if the NFL draft were held today, the New York Giants would hold the first overall pick. And a big AFC North matchup, the Pittsburgh Steelers, who had a nice bounce-back game against the Atlanta Falcons, traveling to face the division-leading Cincinnati Bengals 4-1. I think this game is going to be very close and a little bit more low-scoring than you'd anticipate because it's the AFC North, man. Uh, when it comes to these games, uh, uh, the defenses, uh, even if they play bad the rest of the year, they often show up these games. And the Bengals are just playing with a level of mental toughness this year that we haven't seen from them in years past, and it showed during that come-from-behind victory against the Dolphins last Sunday. It's going to be a very close game, down to the wire, but I think the Bengals and their newfound mental toughness come through in the end, twenty-three to twenty.
1: Ooh, we're simpatico on this one, David. I have Cincinnati twenty-four to twenty as well in this game, just off by one point.
0: Ooh, good minds think alike indeed. And another AFC North team, the Cleveland Browns, coming off an impressive overtime victory over the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, Baker Mayfield continues to play very good football, and he hosts the Los Angeles Chargers and Phillip Rivers and Defensive Rookie of the Year, Derwin James. Uh, This game looks like it's going to be very close, and the last time these two teams met in Cleveland was December 2016, where the Browns won their only game, of that 2016 season. So, uh, but this is a different Browns team. But at the end of the day, I still think the Chargers and their superior coaching staff eke out a 2017 victory.
1: Ooh, I'm going with the dog pound on this one. I, I figure Cleveland's already played three overtime games. Seems like we have a couple of them every week. Why not this one go to overtime as well? I've got Cleveland in overtime 27 24 over Los Angeles.
0: Yep. And that wouldn't be surprising to me. And the Houston Texans, after beating the Dallas Cowboys in overtime during the Battle of the Lone Star State, play host to the Buffalo Bills. And as bad as that roster is, Sean McDermott has gotten the most out of this team so far by winning two games. And, but this profiles to be another ugly, low scoring game, but I just like that Texans defense at home against Josh Allen. They'll force him into enough mistakes. And that will lead to a 17-9 to victory for the Texans.
1: Yeah, I don't know how the Bills are doing it. All credit to Sean McDermott. You know, this was a team that, that should have never been in the playoffs last year. And he somehow willed them into that with Tyrod Taylor at quarterback. And to, to see the way that that defense is playing and rallying around that team uh, – I'm going to go out on a limb. I'm going to say Buffalo takes it in overtime, 16-13, to another heartbreaker for Houston.
0: And I assume that's your upset special of the week. You know it, David. And my upset special of the week, if it qualifies, is this one. The Bears travel to Miami to face the Dolphins. And the Dolphins, they didn't listen to your advice, Hal. You advised Adam Gates during our Challenge Flag Summit last week to prevent this ship from going underwater after they getting blown out by the Patriots at Foxborough. And it only got worse as they blew a 17 nothing lead late in the third quarter to the Cincinnati Bengals. And now they face the Chicago Bears and arguably the defensive player of the year so far in Khalil Mack. And this profiles to be an ugly low-scoring game. But I like the Miami Dolphins in their defense to eke out a 16-13 victory. How? Stay tuned for bold predictions.
1: Ooh, I like it. I like it. I, I, I can't wait to hear it because I've got the Bears in a sleepwalk down in Miami, 27-10. to 10, No worries. Game over at halftime
0: uh the Bears fan in me hopes you're right there Hal and uh the Minnesota Vikings got a huge win against the Eagles last week and they traveled back home to face Josh Rosen and the Arizona Cardinals fresh off their first win of the season I like what I've seen from Josh Rosen so far but last week's win was against the 49ers and CJ Beathard and Josh Rosen had some good plays but he still uh, struggled in many ways. He was 10-25, but that's in large part his receiver's not helping him out. The Cardinals are still one of the three worst teams in the NFL, and the Vikings aren't going to get um, short-sighted in this game. They were blindsided by the Bills in Week 3. They learned their lesson, and they pull off a 27-17 victory over the Cardinals with more great play from Kirk Cousins.
1: Oh, I liked. you know, I I love Josh Rosen. He was probably my pick as the most NFL ready quarterback. And I agree, David, going back and watching last week's game, the drops, the drops, the drops, it it just killed Arizona. But my gosh, a little bit of confidence. I I so want to pick Arizona in this game. And every fiber of my being says, there's no chance for it. This isn't the Eagles. This isn't the Rams. You know, this isn't the Packers. It isn't these big games that Minnesota plays. But then, you know, you did bring up that Bills game, and, and that was quite the letdown. Um Minnesota so I'm gonna say hey let's have two upset specials this week Arizona 24 to 23 over Minnesota
0: whoa that's bold Hal, but we are bold on the show so I don't fault you there but I still don't see the Vikings getting blindsided two times against uh, inferior opponents and the New York Jets and Sam Darnold after a tremendous showing against the Broncos last week they play host to an Indianapolis Colts team that's well rested but still banged up. I originally predicted the Colts in this game, but after seeing that T.Y. Hilton is likely to miss this game with that hamstring injury, I just don't think that Colts offense has that same firepower without uh, T.Y. Hilton, and Darius Leonard still looks iffy for this game, so I like Sam Darnold and the Jets to get their third win of the season, twenty-seven twenty-three
1: yeah i'm pretty close to that uh in that score as well i've got the jets 23 to 16 i i really liked what i saw at andrew luck but i just didn't like the rest of that offense there and you know if if new york can can get that offense rolling again behind isaiah crowell who had that fantastic game last week uh let them build on that i see the jets just rolling again
0: and what amounts to a snooze fest across the pond in London, the Raiders, as the de facto home team, play host to the Seahawks. And I like the Seattle Seahawks in this game. They came this close to upsetting the Rams at home last week. Uh, yes, uh, they're probably a bottom 10 team this year, but Pete Carroll is coaching the hell out of uh, his job this year. Uh, Even if it might be his last season as an NFL head coach, he's going down the fighter he is, and he's going to keep the Seahawks team competitive in every game. And against an inferior Raiders opponent, I think they pull off a 30 to 23 victory.
1: Yeah, I'm with you on that one as well, David, I've got it a pretty easy win for the Seahawks as well. Um, just, what genius took two West Coast teams and put them in London this week? That just makes no sense. Um, but I just had to let that out. Sorry, but Seattle 20 to 16 over the Raiders.
0: And Cam Newton and the Carolina Panthers travel to DC to take on the Washington Redskins, and the Panthers, uh, not only are they flying high after that uh, Graham Gano 63-yard game-winning field goal, they got Thomas Davis back this week, and Alex Smith, after looking absolutely pathetic Monday night against the New Orleans Saints, you kind of see last year was a fluke with Alex Smith as well. It was that scheme that was designed Especially for him last year that he thrived in. But Jay Gruden, uh, he's not that type of coach. He wants you to fit to his scheme rather than fit him fitting the scheme to you. Alex Smith, he's just not a good quarterback in that offense. That's all there is to it. And plus Adrian Peterson banged up. Uh, Thomas Davis coming back. The Panthers, I think, went a pretty easy one here. 24 to 10
1: yeah i'm thinking the same thing you know the the nfc south is not an easy matchup for the nfc east here and especially the redskins you saw the trouble they had with the saints last week it's not going to get any better this week with carolina i've got carolina pretty easily 27 to 19
0: and speaking of the nfc south We probably have a shootout in Atlanta on our hands on Sunday as the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in that pathetic defense take on the Atlanta Falcons in their banged up defense. This game could be just as high scoring or if not more high scoring than the Chiefs and Patriots.
1: Definitely, David. I've got it just a few points below as well, and and, and you covered it perfectly. Both of these defenses are playing well below expectations in 2018, to put it nicely.
0: Indeed, and I like the Atlanta Falcons in this game because they're at home, and I think Jameis Winston is more likely to make more mistakes than Matt Ryan, and that will be the difference in a 38-34 win for the Falcons.
1: Yeah, I've, I've got it for close. I, I'm just wondering if Atlanta is going to totally bottom out on this season or what. I had them as my Super Bowl pick, and now they're sitting at 1-4. and four um tampa bay if they can win this game they're right back into that wild kite conversation heading into the middle of the season so i see tampa bay and rallying behind Jameis winston and pulling out a 36 to 33 win over the falcons
0: would it be a shocker either way and this game is one of the two easiest games for me to pick all week the rams or the broncos i don't care if it's snowing there I don't care if it's going to be below 30 degrees in Denver on Sunday. The Rams should be just fine. They get Cooper Cup at Brandon Cooks back. and Jared Goff showed last year in Tennessee in December that he can handle uh, the cold weather. He'll have no problem in a 35-13 victory over the Broncos.
1: Oh, yeah, Wade Phillips is going to be looking for his revenge here. That Rams defense is going to work out a lot of kinks and a lot of frustration this week. I've got the Rams thirty seven to thirteen and and that's even if they play nine on eleven against the Broncos.
0: indeed, and an interesting uh, grinder match, dare I say, going on in the grind factory in Nashville, where the Tennessee Titans, after a heartbreaking loss to the Buffalo Bills, play host to the Baltimore Ravens. This is going to be a low scoring defensive struggle but I have the Ravens bouncing back and winning
1: 16-13. to Ooh, I like that. I've got it just flipped the other way. I've got Tennessee and Mike Vrabel bouncing back this week with a 16-13 to win and a low-scoring grinder.
0: Yep, that game is pretty much a toss-up. And the Jacksonville Jaguars hope to rebound from a devastating loss at Kansas City as they travel to Jerry World to take on the Cowboys. The Cowboys have been, don't let their record fool you, you could say that they've been one of the 5 to 7 worst teams in the NFL so far this year, man. Their offense is just clueless. They don't know what to do on offense, and against that Jaguars defense, it's going to be a little too easy for Jacksonville. Um they the Cowboys defense, which has some young talent like Jalen Smith and Lane Vanderush, those two young linebackers playing very impressive football, but the Jaguars defense forces Dak Prescott into countless mistakes and they come away with a 21-13 win.
1: Yeah, uh, mine's pretty close to that. I'm just looking at uh, what week it is here. I I went back and look at Blake Bortles. Week one, 67 quarterback rating. Week two, 111. Week three, 72. Week four, 114. Week five, 54. So we've got an even week. He's going to have a great game. This is an easy one. Jacksonville, 27-10 over Dallas.
0: And last but not least, I would say this game is just as easy to pick as Rams-Broncos. The 49ers traveling to Lambeau to face the Packers on Monday Night Football. C.J. Beathard against Aaron Rodgers, even and not quite 100% Aaron Rodgers mismatch. Packers win 31-17. to
1: Yeah, Shanahan's got them playing in San Francisco better than I expected on offense with Jimmy Garoppolo out, but C.J. Bethid, the man has his limitations. That's all there is to it. And, uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers, well, he doesn't. So (laughs) 27-13 Green Bay.
0: And now let's move on to our bold predictions for week six, starting with me. Before they had their bye in week five, Mitch Trubisky had a career game in which he threw for six touchdown passes against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. This week, against an underrated Miami Dolphins secondary, he throws six interceptions.
1: Ooh, wow. (laughs) That is bold. Uh, For me on the bold prediction, I'm looking at last week, and, and we saw something amazing last week. We saw Sam Darnold, Baker Mayfield, Josh Allen, and... Josh Rosen, the first four quarterbacks chosen in the first round, combined to go 4-0, and which is just unprecedented. But you know what? What's even more unprecedented is they're doing it back-to-back. All four rookie quarterbacks pull up a W for the second week in a row.
0: Ooh, that is bold indeed, and it would be history-making if that indeed comes to fruition. And last but not least, challenge flags. And my challenge this week goes to the Denver Broncos. You did your job with Peyton Manning. You won that Super Bowl, but you were like stuck in neutral thinking that you could get by with just average to below average quarterback play with a solid defense. Well, your defense is no longer solid. Um, Von Miller has only two years of his prime left, and a lot of those guys are getting old, and a lot of the guys up for contract aren't worth keeping. Plus, this coaching staff with Vance Joseph... Uh, Vance Joseph has the hottest seat in the National Football League out of all the head coaches and if this persists he will not be there and stop trying to put band-aids on at quarterback and blow the whole thing up and embrace the tank and rebuild and whether you tank this year for Herbert, Ed Oliver or Nick Bosa if you get one of those three players this year and then tank again next year for attacking by or Jake Fromm the Broncos will be back on track so the Denver Broncos for now embrace the tank and be willing to spend the next two to three years in the NFL wilderness
1: Great challenge, David. Great job on that. Um, I'm just, I'm still trying to get over Miami last week. You know, totally dropping my challenge there. Um, I'm almost afraid to do it this week. But Marvin Lewis and the Cincinnati Bengals, come on out there and prove me right. I've doubted Miami. I, I've doubted Cincinnati all season long. Here, I'm picking them this week. I'm picking them to go five and one and put a stranglehold early on in the AFC North. I really want to believe, but I there's just so many signs that are telling me no, this is fake. No, this is fake. They're fourth in points scored, seventeenth in yards. That that just screams a fluke. The defense has been, you know, other than Geno Atkins and Carlos Dunlap, has been downright ordinary. So you've got a statement game at home with Pittsburgh this week. Marvin Lewis, prove me right. Be legitimate. Take that AFC North.
0: Great challenge as well, Hal. And he is Hal Bent, ladies and gentlemen. Catch his work at fullpresscoverage.com. Also, if you're a Patriots fan, you can get his Patriots-themed work at musketfire.com and bostonsportpage.com. And you can also follow him on Twitter at halbent01. Hal, it's always a pleasure having you on this program to preview another exciting week in the NFL. And I look forward to having that same pleasure with you next week
1: looking forward to it david thankful as always for you having me on here it's always so much fun to be on and be tested by you here each and every week and i'm looking forward to a great slate of games this weekend
0: Likewise, Hal. And that's it for today here on Sports Crunch, but we'll be back next week for Week 7, so stay tuned. Meanwhile, be sure to check out the episode archive as well as my blog at sportscrunch.com. And remember, that's Crunch with a K. And if you enjoy these podcast episodes, please consider leaving us an iTunes review and donating to our Patreon at patreon.com slash sportscrunch so we can improve our iTunes ranking and afford to produce even more shows with awesome guests like Hal. For Hal Bent, our producer Chris Broadhead, this is David Cromlos saying so long, and as usual, stay awesome.